All right. We got a lot of talented people in this church. I'll tell you that for sure. And Light Christian Center is going places. We're doing things. We're, we're doing exactly what the Lord wants us to do. I know that. And that's why he continues to build us. And he's going to continue to build us because of the attitudes of, God, of his people here in this place. And that excites me. Anytime I get an opportunity to talk to you, it seems like that God always compels me to speak to you about something I'm dealing with in my own personal life. Is that crazy or what? Now, Pastor, he gets up here and preaches, you know, day in, day out. He's teaching the Word of God, but when it's my turn, which, uh, you know, I'm, I praise the Lord that it is, uh, it's normally something that either I'm dealing with in my own life or I'm dealing with, you know, people around me or both. And that's what this is about today. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm, I've been a Christian for over 40 years. I'm an old guy. I'm going to be 65 years old coming up here pretty quick. And I've been a Christian a long time, and I've sat under lots of teaching, mainly pastor. I've been listening to Pastor Paul preach for 40 years. And he has done such an excellent job of covering the whole spectrum and continues to do that even in a deeper way. And, you know, when we're out of town, we go to church with my daughters and, uh, you know, hear other preachers talk. But, you know, we still, even though as a mature Christian, struggle with some things. And this past week... uh, really have been, God has really brought to my attention through other people that have come to talk to me some things in my own life and made, and made me aware of some things that I need to deal with and have been dealing with regarding faith and prayer. Now, we talk about faith and prayer a lot. Sam did an extremely thorough job on Wednesday night talking about that. Yeah, give him a hand clap. because that, Sam, I'm still wondering what page two says, brother. Okay, that's an inside joke there, in case y'all don't know. Sam, he, he's a teacher. He's got a teacher's motivation gift, and he does a great job. He passes out a handout to everybody, stapled together, but page two is missing on about half of them or all of them. I don't know, Sam. I'm telling off on you, aren't I, brother? Let me tell you what, you didn't need page two. That message was powerful on, its, on page one, three, five, and five, and six. You didn't need page two. But he preached page two, so I got it. Amen. Exactly. That, part of that teacher's motivational gift is to make sure you got it, okay? And hands out, I'm an exhorter. I don't know about that. I'm out of my element up here. If I'm not exhorting, I'm out of my element. I'm not that much of a detailed person when it comes to that like these guys are that teach. And Timothy Olive, he's got a teacher's motivation gift. And if you want to parse the Word of God, come to the men's class, men. Girls, y'all parse the Word of God in your class. Because we take it line by line and we talk about it. And we work on it. But Sam gave... I was sitting right back there, and as he got up and started talking, and I started looking at this handout, he's got this guy stole my message. I'm serious. I mean, 
I find out next, last Sunday, when I'm preaching, I'm, I'm ready to go. I get working on it right away because I'm excited about it because God had always, already been dealing with me the week before that, what it was that I needed to be talking about. And then here comes Sam with my message, at least half of it. So I, I loved it. I listened to every bit of it, and I learned from it because it saved me a lot of research. Sam had it all right there on that piece of paper. Lined out. That's the truth. This guy does it thoroughly, okay? And for you guys that are here Wednesday night, I'm sorry, but you're going to get a little bit of that today, okay? Is my forehead shining? Tiffany anointed me with a lot of oil before this message started, and Nicole was right there. They prayed for me. Praise the Lord. Amen. It feels like it's dripping down on me there, but and that, that, that's a good thing, okay? That's a good thing. But anyway, as Sam started preaching, I just said, wow, wow, wow. I got up to pastor after uh, Dylan, and I said, you know, okay, when are, when are y'all leaving? Okay, I'm leaving. We're going to leave Friday, and then so and so. And I said, hey, Sam just preached my message. <laughs> and it's Wednesday. What am I going to do? I'm not a good crammer, okay? I don't do well cramming. One week is a lot for me to get ready on. I mean, I got to... I need, really need more time because I'm slow. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. Normally, I have to really ask God, to, you know, show me, Lord, show me, Lord, show me, Lord. And that's the reason he brings by all these personal examples to me because that's what I get. A lot of you may be that away. But pastor said, hey, you can't talk about that stuff too much, what Sam talked about, and you really can't. And he said... You know, you'll, you'll, you'll find something in there. And I, as soon as I walked out, the Lord said, you know, basically the Holy Spirit said to me, yeah, you know, that was right along. He even had my text in there, my, my text. He really did. And he said, the Lord, in that particular area that I want you to talk about, he left a lot of meat on that bone. So, because Sam covered a lot of stuff thoroughly. But the Lord, the Holy Spirit saved some for me, Okay. He saved some for me, and I'm happy about that. But one of the things I want to talk to you about today is the struggle that we have as Christians with uh, really and truly prayer that is not being answered like we think it ought to be answered and when it ought to be answered and exactly how it ought to be answered. And faith, which is, you know, those two things right there or the cornerstones, really, of the, you know, Christian uh, walk, uh, prayer and faith. And I think a lot of times, and I know for a fact that this last couple of weeks, God has really brought to my attention that I'm not the only one that struggles with it. There's lots of people that struggle with it. And uh, because we're human, and even though we love the Lord, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the trials of the day, the, 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 uh, the enemy constantly pounding on us, trying to break us down, makes us tired. And sometimes it makes us a little weak. And we got to re-strengthen. So I'm here to exhort you today about your prayer life. Sam's already covered it, so I'm just going to hitch over like that. But a specific type of faith. 
But before we do that, I want, I want to pray and ask the Lord to bless this time. It's 1109, and I'm going to work to get you out of here as quick as we can. But I got something I want you to listen to before we start and just see if it applies to your life. Father, I just ask right now, Lord, that you would anoint me for your glory to say what you want me to say and only what you want me to say, Lord. And as we have fun, we learn these principles, Father, that others that have taught, have taught and I am here to reiterate. Oh God. And Lord, we just ask that you would have that your will in this place, Lord, as you've already done today. We continue to invite you in to teach us, Lord, and to undergird us, Lord, and to raise us up in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so confused. I know I heard you loud and clear, so I followed through. Somehow I ended up here. I don't want to think I may never understand that my broken heart is a part of your plan. When I try to pray, all I got is her and these
tell you what, I've definitely been there. And sometimes it can be really discouraging. You just want to God to answer you, just either a yes, a no, or a maybe, and you just feel like you've hit a brick wall. And sometimes it can be even a little confusing because we know that if we pray in God's will, that he is faithful and true to answer our prayer. Amen? So why does he wait? You know, this, this past, over the past two weeks, I've had, I can't tell you how many people, in fact, as recent as yesterday, and I'll tell you the story in a minute about uh, this young woman that came into my office, but um, of, of, my, of people struggling with this very thing, struggling with, you know, their unanswered prayer. Even Garth Brooks thanked God for unanswered prayer. Amen? But... My, the text today is in John, and it's a story that you all know very well. In fact, like I told you before, I don't think I'm really going to be telling you anything that you don't already know, most of you. And it's something that I think, though, uh, deserves a review because it's so important for us Christians. And we're going we're gonna to read some scriptures here on prayer in just a moment. We're going to read a few, some scriptures on faith here in just a moment, compliments of the Holy Spirit and Sam Chamberlain. And uh, then we're going to continue in a study over uh, uh, in John 11 about Lazarus. And I know you all know the story of Lazarus. It's covered there in the 11th chapter of John, verses 1 through, I think, about 43. And it's, it's just, a, to me, a wonderful story. And, but the text is out of that story. And we're going to look, I'm going to paraphrase the whole story here in a moment and just pick out a few things that I think will apply to us. But, you know, I know, you know, just, you don't have to, you don't have to uh, sh- uh, raise your hand, but I know, just because I know, the Holy Spirit's told me, because I have things in my life where there are, there are places where there's unanswered prayer. I know that each and some of you are believing for some things that you've been believing for a long time, and you might have just put them to the side, or you just you don't understand why God hadn't answered them, and it may be something about you personally. It may be something about your family. Uh, it may be something about your ministry that you've been trusting God for, and maybe right now, the fact that we're talking about it is the first time you've thought about it in a long time because you've laid it to the side or put it in the tomb. So our text today is John eleven twenty two, and I'm just going to read it right now, and then we will uh, we'll come back to it. So It says, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Two words, even now. And that's what I want to talk about just for a few minutes today, even now, faith. Because, you know, there's some people in this place right now. There's a guy standing right up in front of you that needs some even now faith. Even now. As I mentioned, I've had probably about, I think, around seven or eight people come in this week as recently as yesterday. And, you know, I've, 
I've, I've been thinking a lot about faith and, and what faith is, and I thought I'd just do a little bit of study, and Sam provided me the scriptures. And um, in, in Hebrews 11, 1, we, 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 we hear that faith is being sure of, and I'm in the NIV, okay? I just kind of wrote the scriptures down, and I, some of them are out of the New American Standard. Uh, just depends on which Bible I had the closest to me at the time, but uh, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We know that also in Hebrews eleven six it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. You know, that's the one standard that, that we know without, we cannot please God. We've got to have faith. And you remember the story over in Matthew uh, and I get tickled at this because the, the disciples, a man had brought his demon-possessed son who was doing, you know, was in convulsion and in seizures and jumping around. He'd get stiff. He'd, you know, seem like he was dead. He'd get up and flail. And he brought him to the disciples and, you know, they tried to cast the demons out of him and they couldn't do it. And... So the man walked up to Jesus, who was obviously there close by ministering also, and he, he just said, Lord, you know, I brought my son, paraphrasing here, to your, to your uh, disciples, and they couldn't cast out the demon. And Jesus said, well, he, first of all, he cast out the demon, and the boy got up, and, and everything was good. Jesus just spoke to those demons and said, be gone, and they were gone. Well, his disciples were, you know, kind of curious. They witnessed all this, been a part of all this, and they said, uh, Lord, why couldn't we cast out those demons? You know, they, were, they, they just couldn't figure it out. And Jesus in Matthew 17, 20 replied, it says, he replied, because you have so little faith. I got to thinking about that. He couldn't have been all that happy with them. You know, he, they've been walking with him. They've been talking with him. He's been teaching them. They've been watching him do miracle after miracle after miracle. They've heard him say, greater things than these shall ye do. And they couldn't cast these demons out. So they had to be a little perplexed. And Jesus had to be a little anxious about it. He said... Because you have so little faith. He didn't mince any words. He went straight to the point. He says, I'll tell you the truth. If you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be done. I love this part. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I remember about... 42 years ago at another church I was attending when I met Paul Golden, matter of fact, uh, they passed around a mustard seed. They were talking about this very scripture, and the, the pastor was preaching on it. And that mustard seed was so little, I just looked at it, and I thought, I got that much faith. Whoa. <laughs> that was a challenge to the devil saying, okay, we'll see if you do, big boy. But God wants us to have faith. Faith. You know, when we have faith in Him, that implies or assures Him that we trust Him. Amen? We are showing when we have faith in Him that we trust Him to do what we ask Him to do and are confident in, within our spirits that He is able to, to do that. 
Do you remember there in Luke? It was like the Luke 1, 37. And he was talking about nothing being impossible for us. The angel of the Lord appeared to Mary. And he said to her, you're going to conceive, you know, the Savior of the world, in short. And she asked him, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you. And Mary's reply in Luke 138, I believe it is, exhibits that even now faith. She didn't question it. She asked a question to the servant. How can that be? Because of her, you know, she's a human. But she says, even now, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. She received it immediately. Amen. And then that angel of the Lord went on and said, I got one more miracle for you here to believe in. Your, your cousin Elizabeth, who is old and barren, is already six months with child. Even now faith. Mary had that even now faith. You know, so Sam taught us on Wednesday night that we should persistently pray in faith and have confidence that God will answer our prayers according to his will. Persistence in prayer is a very important thing. You know, when you're pressing in, if you let up, then whatever it is you're pressing against is going to push back and gain ground. Amen? So persistence, knowing that God is going to answer that prayer, having faith that he will, but continuing to persist in prayer, whether it be in that secret place that Rachel, you know, has been teaching us about, or whether it's at your job, whenever you have the opportunity, you persist in prayer, and God will answer according to his will. Here is you know, uh, a discussion Colin and I got in. He came into the office, and he and Tony are, are great friends of mine, and they come in to visit me regularly, and I so cherish the time I spend with them. And we were talking about access, basically, Colin and I was. And so I thought about that, and I looked it up. And in 1 Timothy 2.5, it basically tells us that access to God is only available through Jesus Christ. That makes perfect sense to me. Because who is Jesus, the Savior of the world? And what did God say? Nobody come, What did Jesus say? Nobody comes to the Father except by me. So if you want to have your prayers answered, the first thing you got to do is receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and ask him to come into your life and be Lord of your life. That gives you access. And that gives you a fundamental belief because the Bible says it, that if you believe and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Amen? It gives you that fundamental belief. Well, so I hear people all the time that'll come into my office and they're cussing like a sailor, cussing like a sailor, and they'll see that little Jesus loves you card I got there on the side and they'll say, well, I've been praying that the Lord will, you know, give me that. Do this and do that. You don't, if you're not living for the Lord and earnestly seeking his will, if you're not saved and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace that he provided for you, then you don't have access to him. That's the truth. So the first thing we got to do is do a little personal inventory. 
Normally, I need a big chief tablet when I do that on myself. I really do. You know, and I've learned to call it like it is. My wife is a prophetic motivation, and she calls it like it is. She can say a lot in a few words. And sometimes it's, but she can say a lot in a few words. John 9.31 basically says that God does not hear sinners. It's an obstacle to your answered prayer. If you've got sin in your life, we were talking this morning in the men's group. You know, we were talking about a reevaluation. And I said we need to reevaluate every day. Danny said every second, really, and he's right. We need to constantly be evaluating our lives, purging sin through confessing, repenting, and then believing that God has forgiven us. Amen? If you do that, you're going to see a difference in your prayer life. Got to move. I wrote this down. His faithfulness to provide for us through answered prayer prompts us to trust him on a deeper level, which leads to unselfish requests and a desire to spend more time with him in that secret place. That secret place is anywhere you get with God and you just bask in his glory. You don't have to be asking him stuff. He already knows what you need. If you'll just get in there and want to be with him like Mary did, Lazarus' sister, just want to be with him, he's going to reveal some things to you that you can never even imagine. And he, the desire of his heart is going to be the desire of your heart to give you more of him, which is going to bless you and which is going to encourage you and which is going to engage you in what he's called you to do. Amen? Matthew 7, 7 through 9 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. In, in the context of what we've been talking about, and I know you've heard this before, but it's so good to hear again. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if, a son asks, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Verse 11, if you then, who are evil, when we are in the flesh, we live in an evil body, and we're, you know, live in a fallen world, and we're sinners, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to you or to those who ask him? Amen. He wants to give you good gifts. He loves you. He cares about you. How many of you don't want to give something good to your children? You want to bless them, but you want them to, have, to receive in the right attitude. Amen? Uh, we talked about this, and this is so important. If you believe when you ask from God, you are just endorsing his trustworthiness, and he loves that. And God wants us to be obedient. Matthew 21, 22 says, And all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. That word believing comes up a lot. And what is belief? It's faith, right? And 
Matthew eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say unto you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Have confidence that God is going to accomplish that for you. Pray that you receive them and you will have them. You, we've got to have faith. Confidence and faith and prayer go hand in hand. Confidence that he will and faith that he can. Amen? That's easy to say, but let me tell you what. When you're in the throes of a situation, a sitch, when you're in the midst of the battle, sometimes you've got to reach way deep for that even now faith. But I tell you what, when you get that even now faith, even now, Lord, I know this looks bad, but... Even now, you can cause it to happen. You can change things. You're going to see. And I'm trying not to get too excited. But let me tell you something. This excites me. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly. You are invited to come boldly to the throne of grace. We talked about grace this morning in the men's group. You can come boldly. You can walk right up to it. You don't need anybody to intercede for you other than Jesus Christ. Amen? No man can intercede for you. Each man works out his own salvation. You go straight and boldly to the throne of God with your requests and petitions. He wants you to do that. Amen? John 16, 24, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. God wants to give us. You know, uh, Sam pointed this out Thursday, and I'm taking some more of his notes, but it's so good. Anyway, I already had it down, Sam, believe it or not. Holy Spirit working with me and you parallel, brothers, to bring this. This is a, a collaborative effort. Amen? The Father may respond to you in one of three ways when it comes to prayer. He may say yes, which is an immediate answer to your prayer. I love those. How many of you love that immediate answer? Amen. <laughs> Praise the God. There's no sense trying to, you know, say that we don't love that immediate answer because we do. I love that immediate answer. He may say wait. That's a hard one. He may say, wait, that's a hard one. That's where you got to persist in prayer and have confidence that he can. And then you got to have confidence that he, faith that he will. Amen? That waiting part is the hardest part. That's where we get discouraged. I'm not even sure I'm going to get to the second half of this message, Sam. I'm just re-preaching yours. But that's where it gets tough. I'm going to tell you a story because that's the way I get things. Uh, this has been years back having a hard time in my business. Uh, we closed one, went on a consulting job, came back, didn't have any money, didn't have any business. And man, I was really distraught about it. I, I was pressing in, pressing in, pressing in. And I felt like that song said, I was confused because God wasn't answering my prayer and I felt like I was banging my head up against the wall. I don't mind telling you. And I like to call it beseeching God, but I was really screaming at him. I was riding, riding down Highway 6 one day, and it had come to a head with me. I was just really angry at God because he hadn't done one thing that I asked him to do. <laughs> he hadn't. It was like, are you listening? And let me tell you what. I was driving down that Highway 6, and, you know, that road's nice and wide, and it was about 8.30 in the morning. I was going to Houston to try to figure out what I was going to do, and I was banging on my steering wheel, and I was hollering at God. 
Some of it was in tongues. Some of it was just, you know, man, I was pregnant, and I had, I ain't going to lie to you, I had tears stringing down my face. I was a mess. At 8.30 in the morning, we stopped at the light there at 2nd Street. Because this is funny. i got to tell it. It's funny. We stopped at the light at 2nd Street, and I'm still banging on the steering wheel, and I'm screaming. And I look over, and there's this lady in the car next to me looking at me with a horrified look on her face. (laughs) She thought either I was screaming at my wife on the iTooth or the Bluetooth or whatever you call it, because I didn't have a handheld device, or she thought I was absolutely nuts, and I was. I was absolutely nuts because I was angry at God. Any of y'all ever been there? Okay, he's not doing what I'm asking him to do when I ask him to do it, how I'm asking him to do it, and that really irritated me. Serious. This ain't been that long ago. I was still Christian 35 years probably when this occurred. So I just kind of calmed down because I was, knew that other people were probably being scared to death by me too. I would get a visual on that. And anyway, I said, okay, Lord, I'm tired of fighting this battle. What, what is the deal? And he said, finally. Okay, you're going to shut up long enough to listen, Mr. Big Stuff. You know all about it, right? That's what he said, Mr. Big Stuff. Lord speaks to me in, in lyrics, and I can't help it if it goes back to the 70s. Because that's where I'm from, the 70s and the 80s, I guess. But anyway, that's what he said. Now, you finally going to listen, that's great. I want you to listen. There's something in your life that is unpleasing to me, and you've got to get rid of it. So, Lord, I don't drink. I, I quit cussing. I quit drinking. I don't smoke. You know, I'm trying to do what you want me to do. I'm going to church regularly. I'm working in the ministry. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And he finally said, you know that bracelet that you made for yourself back in the mid-80s that you so covet? I said, what bracelet, Lord? I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> you see, that was uh, something I made myself. One of the very first gifts that I gave myself. It's a pretty ostentatious bracelet. Had my name across the top of it, Chaz in diamonds. The Lord said, you need to get rid of that bracelet. And what, this is what I want you to do. Just like I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Okay, I'm not kidding you. It was almost audible. He said, you immediately go sell that bracelet for scrap, by the way. But it was heavy, so it was worth a lot. Go sell that bracelet. And you take all of that money, not part of it, take all of that money, and you give it. And he gave me a woman's name with two kids. I'm not saying this to build me up. I'm just saying that sometimes the Holy Spirit will reveal something in your life that will shock you. I had a spirit of covetousness. I can't even say it about that bracelet. Not really, I think about other things, but when the Holy Spirit brought it up to me, it floored me. It floored me. I did that, and things turned around immediately. And you know, when we give praise reports and testimonies like that, it builds the the, the family of God. It encourages people, but that happened. And that was a true story, and it was a funny story, but let me tell you what. It was something that when it hit me, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Amen? Praise the Lord. 
You know, talking about that faith, uh, it matters how you wait when you're waiting on prayer. I mean, on, on, an, on an answered prayer. You've got to stay in there. You've got to press in. You've got to persist. You've got to have confidence that God's going to do it no matter what. And you hang in there and continue to believe that he's going to do what he's called you to do and what he's told you he's going to do. Uh, and it's going to work. And, you know, then again, that number three there, we got the immediate answer, the wait. We've gone through that. And then that last one is, I may have something better for you. Amen? A friend of mine, another story, a friend of mine came into the office on Monday, and he, uh, I did, uh, you know, I, I have been his friend for, you know, 50-plus years. We've known each other since we were little kids. Uh, he lost his wife about 12 years ago. We had his wife's funeral here at Light Christian Center. He lives out of town down in Seadrift. His family lives here. They're unchurched. And uh, so, you know, they didn't have a place. So we did his wife's funeral here. And then we did, you know, he had lost his son about five years prior to that. And then just recently, six or seven months ago, uh, he lost his brother. And we didn't have the funeral here. We had it at uh, a funeral home. But, you know, our, our church opened up for the reception. And uh, some of you people, Pam and Eric and some of the rest of you guys, uh, you know, y'all were so gracious in coming and serving at that, at that uh, uh, meal. And it so touched those people that... I'm, I believe some of them became churched because of that, but I don't know that for a fact, but, you know, they just went on and on and on about how we reached out to them and the love. But the point I want to make here is Glenn, uh, you know, he, he told me, he said, you know, I want to give the church something, you know, and... Uh, uh, for having this. I know you're not going, y'all aren't charging us anything. You people do this out of good and sharp, but I want to do that. So I hadn't heard from him in all this time. He came into the office on Monday. He said, Charlie, he said, you know, I've been butting my head up against the wall. He said, since I, since that, that, that funeral, he said, I, um, five discs in my back were ruptured and I haven't even been able to get up. And he said, you can look at me. He said, I've, I've gained more weight in the last four months than I, I have in my entire life. He said, I can barely move. I'm, I'm miserable. He said, I've been praying. He said, I feel like I'm butting my head up against the wall. He said, God just wasn't hearing me. And I was feeling just really alone. And he said, and I turned on the TV and I heard this one pastor talking about, uh, you know, whenever you feel that way, uh, there's three ways that you can, you know, uh, remedy that if you'll just follow them. And number one was to pray. Number two was to fast. And number three was to give. And I'm not going to get into all those, but this is a testimony because, you know, he lost his job after he hurt his back. He worked for a company owned a big, that made aerospace parts. And he, uh, you know, they basically retired him. He was my age. Those were the words he used. Charlie, they retired me. He said, I couldn't even get up. They retired me. And he said, you know, I was, I was praying that the Lord would help me. He said, I really, you know, spent my retirement on funerals and things of this nature. And he said, but I just want to give you a praise report. He said, you know, I didn't think God was going to answer my prayer because they had let me go. Basically, I got a small severance package. But the man that owned the company the other day, he said, said, I want to know if you could do anything for your retirement to, to help, you know, get through retirement financially, what would you do? And he said, well, I'd build 
four, I'd build four uh, boat stalls down at my place in uh, Sea Drift, and he said I could rent those out, and he said I could get by with that. The man said, I'm going to send a crew with material, and we're going to build you 12 of them. Do you have the space for it? Amen? Even now, faith, okay, doing. He, he just went out and said, I'm going to have faith that God's going to take care of me, and there God gave him three times more than what they were going to ask, than, than what he even dreamed of, not that he was asking for it, that he even dreamed of and you know what he did he said I've been praying every day pushing in and he said yeah and my prayers are starting to be answered he said number two he said I love to eat you know that he said I fast one one food for the week and he said then I'm going to fast one meal for the week and then I'm going to fast you know one week one day and then one week and then I'm going to try to work it up for one month and he said here's the part of the giving and he slid a check over to me for $500 for our church amen praise the Lord that's what God does if he's telling you to wait he He's got something better than you can ever even imagine, probably two times, five times, three times, ten times more than he, you ever thought he would give you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that one because I love that. All right. Let me get back over here. All right. Back to this even now faith. And I'm, we're 11.43 now, so I'm watching it tight, but I want to I get this in. You know, basically... You know, that even now faith is the kind of faith that we need for seemingly impossible miracles that we need God to perform for us. Now, how many of you have ever had a miracle occur in their life, amen, that you know is a flat-out right miracle? Tawana, you better raise your hand, girl. Danny, whoa, man, I'm telling you one thing. It takes even now faith, even though, even now, Things don't look like it's going to work out. Even now, God, you can make it come to pass. Even though I don't have the money to pay my electric bill, I, I, my marriage is in a mess. There's no way for restoration or re reconciliation there. There's no way that my child could ever come back and, and we could make things right again. There's no way I could ever get out of debt. Even though translates into even now because our God can cause it to happen if you'll just have even now faith that trustworthiness in him knowing that he's going to do what you called that what he's called you to do amen three kinds of faith and we see those times now let me let's get into the Lazarus here right quick for just a few minutes I'm going to paraphrase this story, and many of you already know it, but Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus. You know, I, I perceive that Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, who was Lazarus's two sisters, and we'll talk about them in just a minute, they were all about the same age. The Bible tells us that, and that we can ascertain from reading the Scripture that Lazarus was a man of means. He had, he had some money. He had some, some uh, wherewithal, if you will. He had his own place, and he provided kind of a compound there in Bethany, uh, which was just a couple of miles outside of Jerusalem for his family to stay in. I believe Mary and Martha either lived in that compound with him or they were right there close. Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus's, and it says, uh, in verse uh, uh, 3 uh, or 4 around in there that Jesus loved him. Jesus loved Lazarus. You know, Jesus asked the rich young ruler to give up everything he had, all of his wealth, and give it to the poor because he knew he had that same spirit that I dealt with, that covetous spirit. 
But Lazarus, who was, you know, a man of means, he, Jesus knew that he'd give him anything he asked for when he asked for it and not even ask why. So Lazarus was loved by Jesus. Now, y'all may remember Martha. Martha is a lot, well, none of the women in here are like Martha. You know, Martha was an alpha female, okay? She was the oldest of the two females, and she, I see Martha as being impetuous, okay? She took charge of things and, like my wife, would tell you exactly what she thought about things. And we'll see that in just a minute. You, you remember Martha, I think it was over in Luke, when, you know, Jesus and the disciples come rolling in and they're hungry and they're tired. And she hits the kitchen, Pam. You know what I'm talking about? And she's in there and she's making food. She's cleaning. She's doing the laundry. She's getting the beds ready for him to sleep in. And she looks over there and she sees Mary. And Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. And they're just talking, you know. You know, the rabbis of the day, they did not teach women. I mean, and, and even now, you go to a Jewish function, they got a wall right down through the middle, and the women sit on one side, and the men sit on this side where the happening is. But they didn't teach women. But Mary loved to just be with Jesus. And she went to, to Jesus in this story, and she says, Jesus, can't you see all this work that we got to do in here? You guys come rolling in dirty and you're hungry and you want to sleep and you got to, you know, you want to get comfortable and clean up a little bit and I'm doing all the work and she's just sitting right there at your feet doing nothing. Yeah. So anyway, what Jesus said, well, Martha, let me tell you what, she's got the better way. She's got the better way. I'm not going to be here all that long. She wants to spend time with me. Let her spend time with me. So anyway, they sent Lazarus becomes sick, and everybody's gathered there, and Lazarus is really ill, and and Martha sends out a messenger to Jesus, who's uh, you know probably not that far down the way, but you know by by foot, it's a pretty good ways. And she tells the messenger, you tell Jesus that Lazarus is very ill and he needs to come immediately. And so off goes the messenger. She sees the messenger coming back in a day or so. And she said, where's Jesus? Where's he at? The messenger said, well, I gave him your message. And he didn't act like he was going to be coming anytime soon. She said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I'm just telling you. I gave him your message. Well, did you tell him it was urgent? Yes, I told him it was urgent. Okay, well, you know, you can imagine what ensued from there on in amongst this house, amongst those women. That's, yeah, Jesus, if he, where is he? He's not going to get here in time. Lazarus is going to die before he gets here. He's going to die. You ever thought God showed up too late or wasn't going to show up at all? That's where Mary was. Well, anyway, sure enough, Jesus must have died really shortly after the messenger went out and came back because Jesus, there we see, knew that, that Lazarus had died. And he uses this story to teach uh, a lot of principles, but the one I want you to, to just you know, engraft in your heart is the one about the even now faith. When he finally, he tarried for a reason, and it was for the glory of God. Amen? You know, when, when God tarries in our lives sometimes, it's for the glory of God. He wants to use something he's going to do for you as a miracle to raise somebody else up. Danny Red back there. Happy birthday, Danny. 64 years old today. 
I'll tell you what kind of even now faith I had, okay? Danny had a liver transplant. How many years ago, Danny? Twelve years ago. Okay, so Danny's out of surgery two or three days, and Pastor Paul and Pastor Robert are going up to see him, and I say, I want to go, okay? So we get in, we go up there, we walk in the room where Danny's laying. He's unconscious. Nobody else is there. I look at him, and he looks like about a six-month-old coconut, okay? He's, he's, yeah, I'm serious. He's yellow and brown all together. I mean, it's just, uh, his skin just looks so bad. And his, he looked, he looked like he had already passed on to me. And, you know, we walked up on him and the devil said to me right off the bat, he's going to die. He's going to die. And I, I had to take a deep breath. Has, has, has that ever happened to any of you where you, you prayed, but you didn't believe? Huh? That's what I was doing. I was praying, you know, I'm praying on all the way. But was, here we go, Lord, you know. You know, he, he's going to die. That's what, the, that's what, that's what the, the devil told me. Fortunately, pastor took charge of the situation and started praying, and my faith got rebuilt. But to make a real long story short, even though it looked like Danny was going to die to me, even though it seemed impossible that he would ever recover and be what he is today, even though there was lots of us praying for him, lots of us didn't think he was going to make it, God made a way. And Danny and Tawana give... They're, they pour their heart out here in this church serving you today. So through that, God receives glory from that, you know, even now moment to, to bring glory to his name through working for you and what they do in the ministry of helps and care in this church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Happy birthday, Danny. 64 years old today. He's a walking miracle. He's a walking miracle. Okay, I'm going to pick this up, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to hurry. But I just want to finish. Uh, Martha ran out to meet Jesus, and she said, where have you been? You know, she immediately starts kind of trying to, you know, scolding him. Where, Jesus, where have you been? Where have you been? And Jesus said, I'm here. And she says, Lord, if you would have been here... Lazarus wouldn't have died. Lazarus wouldn't have died. She knew that Jesus could have healed Lazarus because she had been and heard of all the healings that Lazarus, I mean, that Jesus had done. She knew he could hear it. He got there too late. You're too late. Lazarus is dead. He's in the tomb. He's been there four days, and there ain't no hope. Amen? That's, that's, that's basically, she had limited faith. She, she could believe Jesus could heal him, but she couldn't believe that he could re resurrect him. You know, a lot of times, a resurrection is, if you just wait, is way better than the healing. And every bit of it's going to be done for God's glory. Amen? Every bit of it's going to be done for God's glory. And she just couldn't get the fact that Jesus, Jesus said, well, I'm, you know, he's, you're, he's going to rise again. And she said, I know he's going to rise again on the last day, Lord. 
I know that. That was a fundamental belief. She believed that Jesus was the Christ. She believed that if you believed in him, that you would rise on the last day. That's fundamental faith right there. That's the creed that we know that if when we die, if we've accepted Jesus, we're all going to go to heaven and be to heaven together. But that's not enough to live the abundant life here. That's, that's key. You've got to have fundamental faith to get to heaven. But the Lord wants us to have so much more than just fundamental faith. He wants us to have even now faith. Amen? Even now faith, which is unlimited faith, which when it comes to effect... When it comes into effect, it produces miracles that glorify God and cause others to want to be saved. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, the last one is unlimited faith, and that's what we're talking about, this even now faith. Because Jesus told, and I'm leaving out a lot of this, but I'm getting to the main points. Jesus told Martha, you know, who he kept in, she kept doubting and, and really just... Uh, you know, through this whole conversation, Jesus keeps, keeps reinforcing to her that, you know, we're going to go raise him from the dead. And she just didn't get it because she didn't have that even now faith. She spoke it. She had an epiphany in 22. Remember, she said, even now, I know you're God. Even now, I know you can do whatever God says because you ask him and he's going to do it for you. But like us, a lot of times we know that. But man, when it gets time to confront you know, the man laying in the bed right there, it's scary. And that even now faith becomes, well, maybe I just would have, if you'd only been here, Lord, you could have healed him, but now he's dead. I know you can't resurrect him. Jesus said to her, take, you know, take me to the tomb. Take me where you've laid him. Basically what he said to, to Martha was, take me where you quit believing. Take me to the place where your dream died. I want to go to the place where you just let it all go. You know, your dreams, guys, those prayers that we've been talking about that, you know, haven't been answered for you yet, let me tell you what. Ask Jesus to take you to that tomb. Roll that stone away. Jesus said, roll the stone away. Martha said, Lord, Lord, don't roll the stone away. He's been in there four days. You know... The Sadducees believed that the Spirit hung around the body for about three days, to, just in case, it could, they, they, in hopes that it could re-enter. But Jesus waited four days for a reason, so there would be no question at what happened. Nobody could just say, oh yeah, well that's right, the Spirit was hanging around, and you know, on the third day, Jesus said, and the Spirit re-entered. But that's not what happened. Jesus said, roll away the stone. And Martha said, Lord, by now he stinks. She's making excuses. And let me tell you what. When we get to the place where our dreams died or where our prayers are unanswered, we may have some stinky stuff to deal with before the resurrection occurs. Amen? Amen. I had some stinky stuff to, de to deal with. And before you... You may get the answer to your prayer. You may have to deal with the stinky stuff, the reconciliation, the forgiveness. Whatever it is, you may have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it. Well, Martha objected again. You know, Martha's lack of faith was really handcuffing Jesus, okay? And, and you say, Charlie, nothing handcuffs you. You're right. But over there, you remember when Jesus was in Nazareth, 
his hometown, he said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own t- uh, town and his own family. And it says plainly there that he didn't do many miracles because of so much unbelief. Unbelief will, will sidetrack your miracle, amen? So you deal with the stinky stuff. And finally, Jesus said, roll away the stone, and Martha consented. She kept her mouth shut. About that time, you see the, in verse 35, the shortest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept. That's it. Why did he weep? People say, well, he was weeping because there's so many people mourning. He was weeping because people were mourning. But he was weeping, I believe, because they didn't believe that he could do it. Because Lazarus has been dead for four days and he's stinking already. But you know what? The stone was rolled away. Jesus raised his hand and in a loud voice he said, Lazarus, come forth. Miracle, come forth. Marriage, Reconciliation, come forth. Getting out of debt, come forth. Amen? Whatever it is that you've been believing God for, you get right next to Jesus and you raise your hand and you say, come forth. Lazarus come walking out of there and they took the grave clothes off of him. And in chapter 12, he's laying around the table eating dinner with Jesus, having a party. Yeah, they threw a party. They threw a party in honor of Jesus in verse 12, I mean in chapter 12, and there was Lazarus laying there. And there was a lot more to that, but I want to pray with you now. And first, you know, make sure that you have access, but I want to encourage you, your even now faith is so important, and I want you to be thinking about that. And God's going to give you lots of opportunities to use that even now faith, and not only use it in your life, but to convey it to others. I didn't get to the story about the young woman that came in yesterday, but, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It was something that... that uh, you know, is between me and the Lord, but I ministered to her just, just so you'll know. But anyway, first, I want to make sure you got access, so bow your heads, and, and let's, let's just pray. Father, if there are those here, Lord, that are, haven't received you right now, I pray that you would open their hearts, Lord, for salvation, Lord. The most important fundamental truth, Lord, is that we must believe in you. We must accept you. We must repent of our sins. We must uh, ask you to come into our hearts, Lord, and save us. And Father, we, we do that right now. If you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, You don't have to raise your hand right now. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I love you. And I believe your word. I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that you are Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my life to be Lord of my life and save my soul. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for that truth. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to get a grip on that promise. I want you to get a grip on that prayer that has not been answered and that you've been praying. I want you to get a grip on right now in your mind of that one that you put in the tomb and rolled the stone over and have left it there to die. Okay? I want you to get a grip on that. Because if you believe that the Lord spoke it to you and He's confirmed that, then today he resurrects it. You're not going to get just a healing. You're going to get a resurrection. Amen? And that's what we need. We need a resurrection. We want to resurrect 
those, those feelings that you have for the Lord, knowing that He can do what He's uh, Called, you know, called you to do. And that's what we want to do. So get a grip on them right now. We're going to see some changes. I told a young woman yesterday that came in to sell her wedding ring to me because she needed money to get out of debt. I said, you keep your wedding ring. That's not. That's a, just going to be a, a temporary healing. You need a resurrection. And I explained to her about even now faith and we prayed and I said, you come by as soon as you get the answer to this prayer and I'm going to, I'm going to, we're, we're going to rejoice together. And that's what we're going to do. But she left with hope. She didn't leave with any money. She left with hope though, which is way more important on this particular time because I know that God is going to cause that to happen and she's going to be giving me a praise report this coming week. So anyway, Father, we just pray, Father, for all the dreams that and all the desires, Lord, that are in you that we have shelved or are put in the tomb and roll the stone over, Lord. We pray, pray, Father, that you would resurrect those right now for your glory. And Lord, you know, just as at the tomb when the Jews, the throngs of people that had come to mourn with Mary and Martha, just as they went to the tomb, and saw what Jesus did, they were saved, they believed. Lord, at these dreams that, that you are about to resurrect, these desires that you're about to resurrect, Lord, are gonna bring glory to you through the salvation of others, amen? We believe that, Lord, and we ask that right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for everybody that's come out to hear your word. Lord, I just give you praise for those, Lord, that uh, work diligently for your cause, Lord, and we thank you for uh, the people that, you know, uh, come here today, Lord, in need of something, Lord, and we thank you, Father, that you have supplied it for them, Father, and we thank you for the people that have come today, Lord, and have given, Lord, and we'll just give you the praise and the glory for all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for sitting through to me, guys. Appreciate it.